0: Welcome to Solid Steps Radio. We're having a little bonus segment. Uh, you can't talk to a farmer in 44 minutes. you got to have a lot more time to, to share stories. And, and we're talking with Jerry Sauter today. That's Kurt's dad. And we're talking about living life on the farm. And uh, we just wanted to had a couple things we wanted to get on tape and, and talk about more. And, and uh, Kurt, you were talking about earlier how one thing we didn't fit in the radio, actual radio sh- segment, was... The, the giving heart of farmers and how quick they are to help one another.
1: Yeah, so I remember, Dad, I was probably, I don't know, maybe six, eight years old. Probably. And one of our neighbors got in, a, a, in an accident in the, I think it was a tractor that started and, on fire. And severely burned. And, and he got severely burned. I mean, he almost died. And uh, Dad and a whole bunch of other farmers just kind of swoop in and uh, take their combines and their equipment and go harvest his crop for him. Mm. I just remember vividly how the the heart of compassion just kicked in for all these farmers. Mm. And they uh, uh, reached out and really showed the love of Christ in a, in a real tangible way. And that made an impression on you. How old were you? I was just a young kid, yeah. And then, and then mm-hmm. I remember we 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 would uh, we'd pray together, you know, at night. We'd get on our knees, and I I, I still remember praying. I, I'm eight years old or whatever, praying for Elmer Cabe. Mm-hmm. Lord, help Elmer Cabe to get better. Help Elmer Cabe to to heal from this burn,
2: mm-hmm. uh, this horrible accident. Hm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There's it, it, a good feeling about helping somebody else. You always. It, you know you can work for yourself and do but if you help somebody else there's just a feeling there that that's yeah really a good feeling yeah um
0: some some of the other things that that uh that you with some of those stories <laughs> I was going to say, there's always the, the, we talked about livestock earlier.
2: <laughs>
1: we, we did. Uh, you know, there's, a, there's a couple things that we would always have to do. When, when a cow or a young c- calf is growing up and they start to develop uh, grow horns, yeah. um, some of them don't have horns, but some of them do. And um, we would always want to dehorn them. And uh, and it's it's, it's kind of painful for the animal. I mean, it's it you uh, and it's pretty kind of gruesome, <laughs> but it's for the benefit of everybody else because when they have horns, it just a, makes a mess and they tear things up and they mm. can hurt one another. And then you know, then you know, as uh, this is a show for men by men, right? Um, so every every bull that's born that we had in the herd gets castrated. Oh, the old chop becomes the chop, huh? steer. And he <laughs> becomes a steer. Mm. And, uh. You were responsible for that? Well, we all. We, Dad mm. taught us how to, you know, how how do we do that? You know, how do we castrate them? And, uh, because they all can't be bulls. Yeah. They make, uh, just a huge mess out of everything. Right. And, uh, so, yeah, we had a couple different methodologies, but um, it was. Uh, School me
0: on that. How did the person who has never. This is not going on the radio, so you can be a little bit more uh, not graphic, but just t- how do you castrate
1: a bull? Well, he's, he's a, you try to grab him when he's a day old. right when he's born. Yeah. And you you just um, you snip and you pull. And <laughs> now, wait a minute. We're not talking about a hangnail here it's a little bit more challenging
0: than that how do you get a bull's attention to do that jerry come on how yeah. do you how did you
1: well they're just little calves they're little calves so they don't know what's going on you just you know and they're very you know they're just really young and it's 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 much like circumcision it is today. So, I mean you, mm-hmm. you know, when a little boy is circumcised, he doesn't remember that. Yeah. And that little bull that becomes a steer that day, he doesn't remember that. Yeah. Um, it's it's a little painful for just a short little bit right. and
2: uh, and and then he, he becomes a steer. But, but, a steer. <laughs> but I don't know if I but sometimes if we would buy some or one would get by or something and then he'd get to weigh the calf would weigh two or three hundred pounds. Then it was a different procedure. <laughs> What's that procedure? Well, you, they, you called it clamping him. What you would do is you'd actually clamp the cords. Yeah. And, but you would put him in a chute. Yeah, to hold his head. To hold his head, to hold to his his head so he couldn't get away. Yeah. But when you come up behind him, they will kick. Oh. So to keep him from kicking, and I remember Kurt more than once, he would, we would have him hold his tail, push his tail up over his back real hard. And if you did that, they would not kick. Just because they were just, just because you were holding that tail like that, they wouldn't kick. Yeah. And then I could clamp the the bull. You were the clamper. I was Dad the Dad was the clamper. clamper. I was the tail holder. He was the tail and holder. And
1: Dad would look at me, and he'd yeah. he'd look up at me right before he was going to clamp, and he'd say, don't let go of that
2: tail. <laughs> because if he let go of that tail, he'd
0: kick. <laughs> and you're the clamper standing back yeah, there, Yeah, right? right behind him. Well, there was the washer, the dryer, the putter away of the plate. Now we got <laughs> the tail holder, the clamper.
1: Everybody's got a role on a farm, right? Absolutely. <laughs> um, you know, literally, yeah, we, uh, you, you learn how to work together, yeah. and you learn to work together as a team. And you'll mm-hmm. learn to rely on one another because you can't do it yourself. Right. Yeah. You, you can't. It makes it. If you're going to back a tractor up to hook up a piece of, of equipment, you can do it by yourself, but it's going to take you ten times longer. And if you got somebody back there guiding you, helping you, and then uh, um, helping you make the the hookup, sure. Um, mm-hmm. with it with the equipment, and and so you just rely on each other. On each other. other yeah. yeah. And that's a you talk about making a family deeper connected. Right. Throw them on a farm together, mm-hmm. and uh, it's it's a good thing. And and then when you start young, so you're starting to watch all this. You start watch. I'm watching this as a four year old kid, mm-hmm. five year old, six year old. Then pretty soon I'm riding with dad on the tractor or in the combine. You know when I'm seven eight nine ten and then pretty soon it just becomes natural you just kind of move into the role of doing stuff and so dad's dad's goal was you know by the time we're you know 16 years old ish Mm -hmm. we're we can do 80 they they could do just about anything just about anything on the farm that needed to be done could Mm -hmm. be done now could we do it as good as dad, not quite maybe, yeah. but, um, he relied on us and we relied on him yeah. mm-hmm. and it became, you know, so, so, so in that whole regard, you know, dad, he's, he's my dad, but he's teaching me life. Yeah. That's really, um,
0: that's really powerful. You know, John Eldridge talks about uninitiated men the, the, the a huge problem in, in the world are men who are not been initiated into manhood. And it seems like, first off, it's, it's, it's a requirement. You have to teach a boy to be a man mm-hmm. on a farm. Yep. Because, like you said, at 16 years old, he's got to be able to do the man's worth mm-hmm. of work. So there, I think there's that intentionality of raising a boy to be a man and that can be done in a city, but there's just some kind of uh, kind of organic process. It doesn't happen by itself, but it, it's just so many opportunities to initiate a boy into manhood, because uh, you have to.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and uh, Dad, tell them the story about when, uh, when us guys, I don't think I was part of that, I think it was just Trent and Brad, but um, when they were making fence for Libby. Yes. and and they're you know you're making making
2: fence so you can keep the cows in, and they were she had hired the boys to to make this fence for him, and I stopped by to check on and see how they were doing, and they'd set the corner post, and when you set a corner post that needs to be the deepest post you got to put it down at least three foot deep, because you you get freezing and thawing it will eventually work the the post up, and so I went out there, and they just had set it about a. A foot and a half or two foot deep and you're I, about half done with the whole fence yeah and I said, I said boys i said that that won't work that 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 fence won't last i said, pull the post out dig the hole deeper and bury it deeper and about this time libby the owner she drives up and she said what are we doing i said well the boys didn't get the fence and the post set deep enough i said i'm making them reset it and she had a fit because she, she was one that just left her kid do whatever he wanted to do. And uh, she said, You're making those boys redo that? I said, Yes. They need to learn to do it right. So they tore it out and fixed it right. And to this day, <laughs> she still remembers that. It reminds me of that once Is in that while. fence still
0: standing?
2: I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> well,
0: there's just the way things work. Yeah. Like even mm-hmm. on a farm, there's just the way things work. Yeah. You just have to do, do it. Do, that if way. you don't
2: do it right? Yeah. yeah.
0: You pay the consequences. All right, now we have everybody who listens to this show, anyone who ever does they always want some dirt on Kurt. This we should make it a segment. Dirt on Kurt. <laughs> I got the one who has more dirt than anybody sitting right here. Give me a Kurt story that you that we just we gotta share
2: about Kurt growing up on the farm. <sighs> <laughs> well, this one gets a little bit he was he was getting a little older then. I don't know how old he was, probably six 17, 18 years old. But we loved the deer hunt. That was one thing we always did together. You know where he's going with this? Okay. Oh yeah. <laughs> we did together kind of as a family. Yep. We, we had a, a couple of friends that, that, that we worked, that we hunted with. And uh, we would, lots of times we'd have a timber and we would set blockers on one end and people would go to the other end and drive and try to work the deer to come up to the blockers. And the blockers were, were supposed to shoot them. Mm-hmm. And so, I was one of the dry, the boys, the three boys were gonna be the blockers. They were supposed to get to shoot a deer. Right. And we walked up and all at once I hear this boom, boom, boom and I heard nine shots. <laughs> and I thought, boy, they sure have, should've have got some deer. You know, so I come to Brad and Brad says, he said, I didn't even shoot. He said, I didn't see any deer. Then I got to Trent and Trent said, I shot once, but I know I didn't hit anything. We got to Kurt, and Kurt, yeah, he says, I got one. He said, I know I got one. He said, I might have got two. Well, I said, well, you shot? Well, he said, yeah, I said, I don't. Anyhow, to make a long story short, he shot, he had three deer that we saw that he had killed. Right. And then they said, Dad, you go get the truck and to load up the deer. And when I walked out to the road, there was the fourth deer lane that he had killed.
0: Four deer. Four
2: deer, and you're only supposed to shoot one. <laughs> <laughs> Why so, does that not surprise me? <laughs> so, we had tag. We had four tags, so we were enough. Right, but you were legal, but we were legal, but kind of. Yeah. Anyhow. The other boys weren't real happy with him because their tags were all filled. They couldn't, hunt, nobody could hunt oh, anymore because man. Kurt killed all the deer in about five minutes. Was over. It. <laughs> Shot them all.
1: I, that sounds like Rambo over there. Just oh, I was letting it loose. I just unloaded my gun and loaded it back up and unloaded it and loaded it back up again and unloaded it. And, and you weren't thinking about and, and others, right? And no, no I, really. kept, I kept thinking, I can't believe, I can't believe, I'm missing these deer. Well, I wasn't missing them. They just, <laughs> just they just died. I mean, they it just didn't <laughs> <fall> down <laughs> immediately you know and uh
0: the, so the deer killer yeah, yeah. Oh man oh man they
1: called me the deer slayer yeah <laughs> <laughs>
0: well if you gotta
1: shoot 10 times better, shoot i could kill a deer if i shot 10 times at him i'm sure oh man uh, oh so um you know one of the things i remember about dad about work ethic we 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 rarely did, as we mentioned on the radio show. We rarely worked on Sunday. Um, we had to do the bare minimum of taking care of the cattle. Right. Um, once in a while, when we felt like we had to work on Sunday, you know, we did a little bit. Um, but Sunday ends at twelve. Midnight you know, at twelve midnight, and so Dad would tell me, "Kurt, you can get up at 12.05 on monday morning <laughs> and you're gonna you're gonna you're gonna work the work ground all night long this
0: wasn't all the time no 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 but, no, but, no. but this, no, this no. was
1: this was when we felt like um the the weather we really needed to get stuff done and so i remember uh getting up at 1205 on monday morning and i'd work ground and i'd plow all night long mm. and uh he said, "Out somebody will be out there next morning to replace you at about five thirty or six o'clock or whatever." So
0: literally, just cut you loose and say, "Hey, go on out at midnight. Mm-hmm. We'll, we'll see you at 5.30. thirty." Yeah, second shift to come second in. Second right? shift, yeah. Oh, and so, and,
1: and and we did we did that with the uh, with the cattle because when a cow, if she's a first calf heifer, she's never had a calf before, and now she's pregnant and she's going to have a calf. You want to monitor her real closely right. because she could have some calving issues and so we would go and we'd have to check the cows in the middle of the night hmm. at two o'clock in the morning and then again that early in the next morning about six o'clock and so i i can remember setting my alarm at 2 a.m i'm 16 years old this is my 4-h calf that has now become a cow joe, um, no, no, joe. No. she can't be joe oh it was, okay, you know, it was okay yeah. call her jody or you we. Know. <laughs> <laughs> and uh and you know you I mean, how many 16 year olds get up at 2 o'clock in the morning? You know, mm-hmm. and so yeah, going it's, to it's, it's, it's cold. It's cold. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. it's 30, 20, 20 degrees outside or 30 degrees outside. So you got to bundle up. You got to go out there. You got to check the cow. Is she going to have a calf that night? Is she showing that she's going to calve? And uh, then you come back in the, in the house, put your pajamas back on, jump back into bed, and fall asleep mm. until the next morning. It, you know, usually get back up about 6. But I'm so grateful for that. You don't know that at the time, no. do you? No. You don't. <laughs> un- <clears throat> you just don't.
0: <clears throat> excuse me. Understand at the time, the character that that's building. You knew it because you've been through it, mm-hmm. and you're on the hind- other side of it, saying, "I know." You know, there's something about gray hair and wisdom, right? Because yeah. you've been through, and <laughs> yeah. you can look back, and you know that's 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 building character. But you just don't get it then. Mm-hmm. And Kurt, you, you did you ever hear your dad say that? Tell me some of the things that made your eyes roll. Did, did your dad always say something? All, you're like, oh gosh, we get it, Dad, over and over again. Anything you heard it? I'm sure at some point.
1: You, you know, not really. Yeah. It's amazing um, because you, when you're growing up on a farm and it's your livelihood, and you got to take care of the animals, and you and the you just learn to respect one another, love one another, and how to how to make it. How to make it work? Mm-hmm. You get really, really pragmatic, right? And um, you know, if you don't have that agrarian background, it's hard to put yourself in those shoes sometimes. And and it's and it's hard to instill uh, a heavy, wor- a, g- a good, solid work ethic, a good faith. Many times, um, away from the farm, yeah. You got to work hard at it. Yeah, be more intentional about it. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. Good.
0: Well, I tell you what, we uh, again we could probably swap stories. And I tell you what, next time, Jerry, you're in town, make sure you got a long list of stories that we put <laughs> together because we're going to put those together and get them on uh, on air at least at some point uh, oh. and tape. But Jerry, again, thanks for coming in and okay. and uh, and doing this. And this is a little bit easier than than pumpkins, isn't it? This is easy, a lot easier.
1: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I do. I'm going to tell uh, one one of the th- stories that we always, uh, you know, we would always. Uh, you, you you always want to get rid of the varmints on your farm. Yeah. So the rascals that are causing problems. So coyotes. You, we'd always want to get because they'll 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 kill cats and they'll kill your dogs and mm-hmm. and kill the chickens and whatever and and but we always had we always had uh, gophers on the farm. And gophers are these little little critters, kind of like moles, only bigger. And they have these tunnels and they they create these uh, pile of dirt. Yep and just make a mess of stuff. And so we would <coughs> we would trap, dad taught us how to trap these gophers to get rid of them. And uh, my favorite my favorite story about uh, the gopher was, uh, you, you always find three things when you trap them. You, you'd, you'd lay the trap down, you'd c- cover it up, um, and uh, next morning you go out there and you'd either find a gopher and you got him, or you'd find he detected something and he'd fill the whole tunnel system up uh, because it's about a foot, foot and a half into the ground. He'd fill it all up with dirt because he somehow sniffed that we were there. Or, you'd find the trap and everything was completely, he just hadn't been through that area uh, and hadn't been through there. Or one time, there was a fourth and we opened up the, kind of opened up where the trap was and there was a gopher's paw. He had been caught, but he wanted to be free so bad, he gnawed off his arm. And uh, I, I relate that to guys. Uh, the Bible says it is for freedom that Christ has set us free. He wants us to walk in freedom. He wants us to live the abundant life. But sometimes, you know, when I talk with guys about pornography or um, we, we need to do the drastic thing like that gopher did. And we need to cut off our arm so that we can have freedom. And that, that gopher wanted freedom so bad that he was willing to gnaw off his, his arm to be free. Yeah, I, I, it's hard to
0: come up with those analogies <laughs> if you don't live on a farm. <laughs> <laughs> Working in an office complex or something like that. You know, there's nobody gnawing their hand off at the office complex because yeah. they got caught in the Xerox machine. But, man, thanks a lot for coming in, Jerry, again. Mm-hmm. And, and uh, it was a joy to, to talk and, and see you guys uh, talk about uh, life on a farm. So, we thank you for listening to this bonus segment of Solid Steps Radio.